Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any comments about the death of Bill Paxton are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Edge of Tomorrow? Rumor is a terrible thing. Now, not if all these men will all reach the same conclusion. That you're a coward and a liar putting your life above theirs. The good news is there's hope for you, Private. Hope in the form of glorious combat. Battle is the great redeemer. The fiery crucible in which the only true heroes are forged. The one place where all men truly share the same rank. Regardless of what kind of parasitic scum they were going in. That's our only hope, right? That this Bill Paxton is not dead. That he's, in fact, going to come back again. <laughs> yep. And live another day. <laughs> Repeat. Right? Now, we'll get, oh, if he repeats, yeah. we'll get weird science again. We'll get aliens <laughs> again. We'll get true lies again. Titanic, the whole deal. Now, I'm often accused of being less than sensitive when things like this happen. Who? Um, yeah, I don't think you need to narrow it down to things like this. <laughs> <laughs> but this truly caught me off guard, and I was very saddened because he you yeah. know, he seemed like a clean-living guy, a decent human being, and it really was out of left field. And right? he was yeah. very young. And uh, did we ever figure out... For the out, dying. Yeah, for the dying. Yeah. <laughs> did we ever figure out what uh, procedure caused this complication? I heard a I, rumor about heart, but I never saw anything in the uh, papers. Yeah, so I don't know why they're keeping that a secret. The but death of Bill Paxton there. is what we're talking about. Anybody doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bill Paxton died. <laughs> well, they said routine surgery, but how much routine heart surgery exists? You know, oh. I'm, I'm always baffled by Weird. celebrities that go to goofball doctors. Yeah. Uh, Dana Carvey went to some goofball doctor and almost got killed, right? <laughs> Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. You would think these Michael people... Michael Jackson. Well. The list goes on, <laughs> is what I'm saying. In Hollywood, the list goes on. Elsewhere, not so much. <laughs> but I uh, see. I, I don't. I wouldn't put him in that category, though. I mean, like Karen talking to be a straight-up guy. You know, I don't think he's the kind of dude who goes to anybody wacky. He had some issues. Didn't go well. He that's that's been, my feeling. He yeah, may have been know, sick without, this whole t- time yeah, and he didn't tell cop. anybody because he's that kind of guy. Was he a smoker? I don't know. I don't know. You, uh, you get right on that bar and give us a full report next I week. I wanted some information. Let us know. How great is it the last, uh, well, we still don't know how Tony Scott died, but <laughs> or, why, or why he killed himself. But Well, he, he's the one who went off the, off the bridge, right? Yeah, yeah so how we got, babe, why we don't know. Yeah, but, uh, but um, uh, at least we got one last, that last, uh, the, the live, die, repeat. Yeah. I mean, and it's so great. Every time great. I heard that speech, it was hilarious, because he knew Tom Cruise was right back in the uh, mess, in the middle of this huge mess. And it's just Bill Paxton, of all people, to deliver this awesome military thing. Like, we know him from Aliens, and it's like, uh, it's just it's so wonderful that he got one really, like, memorable performance. What's again, the other great line he had in that, like, you're, like, Cruise goes up to him, trying to convince him that he knows that he's back again. He, you're American, right? No, sir. From Kentucky or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Gentlemen, did you ever see the ride Twister in Orlando, Florida? Mm, no. Never did. That it's was closed now, but they did a ride based on the movie. One of my favorite Bill Paxton performances because <laughs> it was quintessential Bill Paxton not being really confused or upset or excited about anything. So he's standing there at the beginning of the ride, and you're supposed to get all nervous because you're going to go into this room and experience the forces of what it would be like to be in the middle of a twister. Yes. And Paul, I will let you do the impersonation because I can't do a Bill Paxton. Well, he was a super laconic guy, right? He would just say something like, a twister can be a force of nature the likes of which you've never seen before. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting oh. fired up. <laughs> but then again, you're like, I'm cool. I'm going to hang with Bill Paxton there. Yeah, right? It's so amazing he became a movie star for a couple summers in a row. Like it was the yep. lead in Twister and Congo and I mean just and Apollo thirteen and, and Independence Independence Day to spread a joke for uh, where they needed to go. Hey, right, welcome uh, to Bill Movie Pullman, Showcast, everybody. Part we of the vast and jokes. sprawling movie guys network. <laughs> 
Uh, and it's time to start using your head. That's the lump that's three feet above your ass. This is where movies and comedy collide, happening every week with jokes, rants, sketches, previews, special guests, bits, banter, and more as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. This is a brand new show, and these brand new shows are offered up every week. Absolutely. Paul, we're in luck this week because I have $20. I found uh, the money in a pair of pants when I was doing laundry. Oh, I love when that happens. Yeah, Yeah, I see. I always find a one. Oh, okay. You found a 20? Well, they weren't my pants. It's rare. (laughs) So, well, listen, it doesn't matter <laughs> because the show is free. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, good. I, I understand where you're coming from, but this goes for everybody. I'm going to have to no find charge. the owner of those pants and that money. Wherever you come across us, iTunes, YouTube, whatever, it's free. The point is we're out there. I mean, go, you, if you just search Google, Bing, or Yahoo, you're going to find we come right up. Uh, settle in as we enjoy uh, this brand new show taking you through the upcoming weekend and new movie releases. I'm your host for the hardest working podcast in all the land, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Man, I told you not to go in that house. And Bart Caius. That's one bad hat, Harry. And Adam Witt. <laughs> this is the worst looking hat I've ever seen. I bet you buy a hat like this, you get a free bowl of soup. <laughs> oh, it looks good on you, though. It looks good on you, though. <laughs> that was a, that was a last minute audible. <laughs> nice! Yeah. I just audible that one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Later in the show, we'll be joined by an actor who is also a filmmaker. Her film, Out of Print, a documentary about the importance of 35mm film and specifically how it pertains to L.A.'s legendary New Beverly Cinema, is out now on iTunes, Amazon, and VOD. Julia Marchesi! We'll be here. Uh, But first, we have a crap ton of... Movie Previews! In case you're wondering what we're all about, you're just stumbling across the show. We're a movie preview show, so no spoilers as we talk about those films coming up this weekend, which we haven't seen. So we can mm-hmm. just watch the trailers and we're here to goof on mm-hmm. uh, We're now in the month of March, which means it's also Women's History Month. Mm. And according to the films this week, March is coming in like a lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. But of the five <laughs> new films this week, three have female leads. Wow. And the rest are featuring... Uh, there seem to be a host of movies with the balls to open up alongside Hugh Jackman's final go-around as Wolverine. Actually, they don't. They're girl movies, so there's no balls. Paul. Stop it. Go-around? What's his superpower? Next week... <laughs> reach just- around. You're thinking of reach around. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and you know what his superpower is. The power of pleasure. <laughs> Next week, uh, just Kong Skull Island is opening. No other movies are opening. Oh. On but, but suddenly they're all piling on Logan as if that's not going to have a huge weekend. Hmm. Uh, so this week, you've got your Wolverine and Professor X in a Hope and Crosby road picture, Logan, <laughs> and four other movies with the gall to be released. First up, a wedding movie called Table 19, featuring hmm. something old, June Squibb, something new, Tony Revolori, something borrowed, Stephen Merchant, borrowed from England, and something blue, Craig Robinson. I'd watch Kudrow, Robinson, and Merchant do anything. Throw in anybody else, and I'm good. Well, we're throwing in Anna Kedrick. I'm good. All right. And speaking of something old, Shirley MacLaine appears in The Last Word. And also opening, you ever watch Groundhog Day and think to yourself, man, I wish this wasn't hilarious. <laughs> wish granted with Before I Fall. Wow. And finally, do you like your Jesus movies a little less Passion of the Christ and a little more Veggie Tales? Mm. Well, then you're in line to visit The Shack. Where's Missy? Missy! Where's Missy? Sorry, Mac, they haven't seen her. Missy! Missy! I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Possible suspect sighting. Ground teams found the truck in the mountains. I'm really sorry, Mr. Phillips. This movie's heart's in the right place, but I had to play the clip all the way through the Indiana Jones screaming after he gets hit in the chin with the mirror. Wide shot, scream of the cabin. It's just every time someone, the movie pulls that. 
I, have a I little, can't help but think I just it. have a little trouble breathing after a trailer sucks all the air out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I wish the little girl from Logan was the one that that guy took into the cabin. Ah. That'd be a whole different movie. Yeah, there'd be dead guys in there. Yeah. 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 Wolverine would not stand for that. And Her neither name, would the little girl. Her name is Missy, just so you know. Oh, she's, she's missing. missing. Oh. So oh, let's. Uh, I get it. Some real quick notes of interest. The movieguys.net is refurbished and brand new. So it go check great. out the website. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, across the top, you can see little bios now for each of us. Easy Good to job, click Paul. on. You don't have to bury deep and find out what our favorite movies are and what the newest, latest things we've been at contributing to the site are. It's all right there at the top. As well as. Uh, you know, Oscar stuff is on there now. New reviews. I just oh, saw. How'd I do? I didn't. I didn't check how I did. How well reviewed were you? No. Uh, how how well my predictions <laughs> oh, and guesses oh. were. I'm gonna have to go back through and look at that. I'm oh, yeah. sure you were the one. You two were the ones who always. Adam and I were kind of in sync on all the picks. And yeah. You guys would vary off in your own thing. Yeah, if he picked. Well, sometimes you well, didn't I even did pick. Well, I did the old uh, throw a dart at the board uh, oh. method and mm-hmm. see. Well, how so well did it. so did the people presenting. So <laughs> well, clearly. clearly. Whatever. <laughs> also, check us out at uh, the Cut to the Chase premiere. Um, the great Blaine Weaver, one of our friends from the movie Favor, has directed and stars in a new film called Cut to the Chase. It's premiering at the Music Hall Theater. It's a tug screening, so there might be public tickets available. I believe they may have sold out. Either way, okay. we're going to be there, which okay. is kind of cool, at the Music Hall in Beverly Hills on April 6th in the evening, 7.30, I believe. Paul, does the title of Cut to the Chase mean two things? It does. Then, then I am there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tried to sync that with yeah. I jumped it. It's his name. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our Chase. first movie. They've, of course. Yeah. They finally made the last X-Men movie. And there was much rejoicing. No, stop that. <laughs> Congratulations, critics. You forced X-Men to speed up production of their last movie. Wait a minute. I thought they already made The Last Stand. They did, but that was the third movie. So Days of Future Past is a sequel to that. And that's the one that takes place in the future, right? And the past. Unlike the first one? X-Men. Correct. But not like the fourth one, First Class. Which isn't the first one? And it took place in the past. Okay, enough. All right. We go down this wormhole every year. Every time they put out one of these, we have this conversation. Let's just talk about Logan. All right, here we go. Wait a minute, Logan? You mean they finally made a movie about that horrible internet star, Logan Paul? Party smokers be like, I only smoke at parties, yo. This is a library. I know. Oh, sorry, I left that cue in where we shot ourselves because we couldn't stand listening to him. Party smokers be like. Uh, He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Bart, you're obsessed. Adam and I will cover this, all right? So you go think about your Logan, (laughs) and we'll talk about ours. Logan brings a journey full circle that began in the first X-Men movie in 1999 as Hugh Jackman's Wolverine meets my personal supervillain, getting old, not healing so good, and dying. The director here is the director of Walk the Line. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. That's wrong, but he's also, it should be noted for fun, the writer of Oliver and Company, James Mangold. Mangold. (laughs) He creates a sequel to what may be the most mature comic book movie ever made, The Wolverine, by doubling down on that seriousness. Hey, you can tell it's serious because Hugh Jackman's taken Wolverine's trademark mutton chops and gone full beard. Always a sign of seriousness and some serious goddamn acting going on. Now, this is the final chapter of Wolverine. Uh, Mangold was thrilled to say that because of this, he was relieved the story didn't have to go anywhere. Of course, that never stopped the writers of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> All Wolverine wants to do is be left alone and live a peaceful life, driving a limousine in a far-off dystopian future. Uh, it's actually a not-too-distant future, Mexican border town. 
Potato, potato. And to keep a low profile, <laughs> he tools around an impoverished town filled with desperados in the biggest, most expensive car he can find. Hmm. I wonder if trouble will ever find him there. Gee, let me think. Trouble does indeed find him, and that trouble comes in the form of a young girl. <laughs> Tell me about it. Young girls are the worst. I mean, they look so... I'd love to go for a ride sometime. Well, I'd, I'd love to take you. Where exactly were you going to uh, take her in that truck? Never you better is, watch for good. Chris Hansen. Not what I meant, yeah. Bart. Oh, okay. Well. Just like Family Ties, Facts of Life, and The Cosby Show, the X-Men series adds a little, a cute little girl to the cast. The big difference is that, unlike Cousin Oliver, X-23 will separate your head from your body if you steal her doll. X-23 is the latest experiment... See what I did there? Uh-huh. We all saw that. In the Weapon X program, X-23 is pursued by dark forces. Dark forces? Is there another kind? <laughs> ah, you must mean the Reavers, who are hell-bent on eliminating all mutants, but have been unable to build a wall thick enough that Nightcrawler can't teleport through. Excuse me, sir. I'm looking for a job. I'm a hard worker. That's the I wrong Nightcrawler. Oh, that's the wrong oh, Nightcrawler. That guy's that just is as creepy. Also wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the two end up fleeing, and they embark with Professor X on a journey which I guess you can call Logan's Run. Oh. Reference. Is it that the? Is it? Is it I think it's an old <laughs> reference. Old <laughs> reference. With a crowded marketplace, Marvel's competitors will be watching this superhero movie closely to figure out what to steal for their movies. The trailer hints at something of a familiar relationship between Laura and Logan, a relationship Logan seems very reluctant to embrace. Perhaps... You are the father! Oh, Maury Povich, you... Look what you've done there. Old reference. Again! Maury Povich, is that still relevant? I don't know. Did people watch... Is he still doing it? don't know. I guess I just think that that sounded like something from the 80s. Do you need your kid's uh, father, you know, figured out? You can probably still go get it done. DNA'd? (laughs) That's a verb. Maury Povich can't still be on, can he? That's what I'm saying! No. No. Well, neither can CNN, but it still is. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, Adam. Yes. Looks kind of cool. Whoa. Looks pretty cool. Early reviews happening? are great. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that it looks small. Th- uh, Karen, you and I will like this. Not a lot of people to keep track of. Perfect. Not a lot of names. <laughs> that was my. That was our. Such a you and I had that both. We both had that problem <laughs> with people. with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Just sure. way too many characters <laughs> and names to keep track of. <laughs> I think there's like six or seven people in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're adding more to the second one of those. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 Star-Lord's got a dad and everything. Oh, yeah, I'm already lost. Yeah. But this one, right up my alley. Got yeah. About half a dozen people. There I can keep go. track of those. Right, but there'll be a lot of expendable guys, too, which is great. Yeah, but they're not going to have names exactly. I have to remember. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There'll be and a lot of people. You just don't need to know. Their names them. aren't going to be like Xanadu and things I, yeah. you know, I've never heard before. Jacko. What, what makes me most crazy is when there's a lot of names and then there's a scene where Adam and I would be talking and we're just saying names. Because yes. I, I, I need Guardians reference points. Yes. I need to know who these people are you're talking about. <laughs> or they're talking about people we haven't seen yeah. off screen. And how it's going to affect somebody else. Yes. I'm like, who? I don't oh, know. Just kick somebody in the <laughs> throat. Unless they're saying to me, you know when Bill Murray comes in and talks to Dan Aykroyd, and then I can at least I know who those people those are. Those people are, yeah. Uh, James Mangold <laughs> made a movie called Heavy years ago with, uh, what's that guy, Taylor Pruitt Vince. Is that the actor's name? Sounds like an actor's name. Yeah, a weird-eyed guy from Mississippi Burning. You know who I mean. Okay. Uh, and then he made... A night, Courtney B. Vance? Night and Day. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Office Christmas party guy? No. No. Um, but then, yeah, so he has, he's real. And then Oliver and Company, a walk the line. He's super eclectic. So I don't know why they got, again, these 
these crazy choices sometimes for superhero movies. I don't know why he helms the Wolverine, but he does a great job. So, yeah, yeah you bring him back for this one, and I think he's going to knock it out of the park again. I love that he makes with the Wolverine not what the studio wanted in some way. I mean, there's just no way that that's where, like, you know what you should do? Make an esoteric one where he's kind of a loner. And doesn't, you know, like, there's no way the, the – you know Mangold fought for all that stuff. And yeah, so and it, I think that's what we're saying in that clip is like the story isn't going anywhere, so we can just make yeah. our movie. Yeah, right. We're not setting up the next one, yeah, yeah. and so I They're think not? that's freeing. I thought X twenty three was a setup for something else because what research I did, I discovered that X twenty three was the last of the mutants they thought had had been dying off, and now here she comes along, suggesting that wait a minute, there might be a whole new strain of these folks out there. Is that not what's happening here? Well, we'll see. Oh, well, I mean, I think, it might I, be, but it still could come to a close in this in this film. Gotcha. And I think it's to give you a, a bit of a happy ending because Professor X and Wolverine are going to die, and they are the first two, which I didn't understand they could do. I just assumed they lived yeah. forever. I guess it must wear off. Mutant, mutinous, <laughs> mutations. It's not like Dracula's. They're not like they live forever like Dracula's. Right. <laughs> well, doesn't Superman live forever? Um, we guess. Right? So guess. far. So far, yeah. So far, see? I mean, yeah. there's the Aging's never been part of his storyline. Until his son is gone. Yeah. Yeah, and then he'll be gone, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll give it four years. years. We'll be fine. Our solar-powered calculators are going to be worth listening. Superman will be dead yeah. in six and a half billion years. So, so. Adam and I, were in. Bart <laughs> teams lured in. Care yeah. Right? Sure. Uh, no. Somebody else buying the ticket? Unfortunately, know. table 19 opens. You probably yes, know. I'd go see that. Well, we'll get back to that in a sec. Let's get to our next film, which begs the question, does your daughter have to be murdered by a child killer for you to find spirituality? Oh, Paul, I know all about this one. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Paul, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill have a new song out called Keep Your Eyes on Me. And as part of the promotion for this new sure-to-be-hit single, they released an entire feature-length movie to serve as the backdrop for this song. I think you have that backwards. Do I? All right, you're on. Let's talk about it. It's The Shack. Different Shack. Different Shack? This isn't a Caddyshack 3? Sadly. No. I could listen to that during the entire length of this preview. I could listen to that over watching that movie, Caddyshack 2. Say, didn't get enough of Dead Kids and Octavia Spencer this Oscar season? Well, The Shack is here to give you more of that. And they brought along Sam Worthington just to assure a March release. In the shack. Hey! Don't turn your butt on me! I'm the man of the ages! Straight out the pages! Hang on, I'm contagious! Outrageous! Spontaneous! You can't contain this! I am Kazam! Wow. (laughs) Screw it, just let him scream all his lyrics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sam Worthington plays Mac Phillips, a father who loses his daughter when she is kidnapped and murdered in a shack in the woods. To make him feel better, he's taken to a magic garden. So come on in without a fuss, cause the magical garden is waiting for us. I All love, right, I think I love the banjo so <laughs> When Mac receives a letter inviting him to this, of all things, shack in the woods, he decides to follow the letter's call, of course, after giving his social security number and bank account information to the person who sent it. Inside the shack... I can care less about what I do. I'm here for a team play, and I'm here for the team to do well, and if we don't win... Sounds like Bill Paxton talking about a twister. Freaking French. Okay. <laughs> he finds a magical land that's too good to be true and turns out to be the journey to salvation. Not since train spotting has a heroin analogy been so cinematic. <laughs> they get even a little more specific at IMDb. Mm-hmm. A grieving man receives a mysterious personal invitation to meet God at a place in the woods called the Shack. Oh, in other news, IMDb is changing its name to IMSDB, Internet Movie Spoiler <laughs> Database. <laughs> 
That's true. Octavia Spencer and two other characters in the shack. Shack one, no. pay zero. <laughs> Explain to him that he had the perfect wife, the perfect family, and the perfect life. So, of course, something bad happened. Movies hate that. <laughs> Octavia Spencer once again plays Miss Knows a Lot to the point where we're pretty sure, even before reading IMDb, she's playing God. Not like Oprah, who plays God, but like actual God. The other characters in The Shack are Jesus, portrayed by a Middle Eastern, and the Holy Spirit here as an Asian woman. Couple that with God not only as a woman, but a black woman, and you have the first faith-based film to scare the crap out of white Christians. <laughs> not for nothing, but Sam Worthington as as the father seems totally distraught. So dark is, are his days that even his most mundane of daily tasks seem beyond his ability. Mom, on the other hand, seems a whole lot less distraught by the young girl's murder, so clearly parents do have their favorites. <laughs> this film is based on the book of She's the same... She's completely unfazed, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Have... Honey, I hope you feel better. I'm yeah. going to the store. <laughs> yeah. The film is based on the book of the same name, The Shack, unless you're reading an IMDb comment section, in which case it's based on the Bible. <laughs> also, all commenters know more than all other commenters about this book. God gives it two thumbs up, because he has thumbs, and he was made in our image, according to the comment section. You know, it's a Jesus movie when you see group sales info at the end of the trailer. There you go. That's true. Oh, that's true. They know they're busting them in. Oh, really? Yeah, and when they bring the whole church. Ever since Passion of the Christ. Group sales isn't as much. At the end of the trailer, it's just a promo for the song. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, the, mm-hmm. the 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 you know the uh, MPAA billboard that usually has like the writer director and all that. It's it's the song. Yeah, the song is available, and here's three or four lyrics <laughs> yeah. from it before we fade out. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the title of the movie. No, the song. You got to dig for that. Yeah, I do like Tim McGraw though. I think he will be great. You know what? One of those good actors, uh, singer turned actors. Really good. good. He yeah. was great in The Blind Side. Good in Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Is he the uh, Dwight Yoakam of our generation? He's good, too. <laughs> that was 60 seconds be. or whatever? Was well, he was in Sling Blade, right? Yeah, Panic yeah. Room. He was yeah. really good. Yeah, well, those they're the same generation. Mm-hmm. So what is possibly going to happen in this movie? Oh, I think What can he, he possibly do? I will tell you. you wanna, uh, I think he, that what it is is he learns that the only way he can go on with his life as he has to learn to forgive the person that killed his daughter. And that takes an hour and a half? Well, you know. No, it takes two hours and nine minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Which I looked up. <laughs> it was right below the title one. I think that it's a, it's a good message, though, because a lot of times people do something they don't... If something happens or they do something that is bad and then they have to move on, and the only way apparently to do that, according to Octavia Spencer... Is to forgive yeah. I think it's like yourself. A, is this adapted from a Jack Chick comic? You know those comics they give you, the street <laughs> preachers, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is you know, just the no, one lying on the urinal. He was going to be angry, but then the Bible. This guy seems like he has a real hard time keeping his kids alive because the story is <laughs> two of them were drowning in a lake, what? right? So, yeah. So this is what happens: two of them go out fishing in a canoe. So they go to a, they go to the woods to to camp and picnic, and two or three of them go out in a canoe and they start fishing. Those two start drowning. He runs in to save them from drowning. He comes comes back, and the other one's been snatched. So oh. this this guy just can't keep kids. It's like the origin of two serial killer movies. There's the Jason and the lake, and then... Every time he turns around, one of them's trying to off themselves. I don't... All right, well, gentlemen... Get out of this family. The important thing about this movie is it brought back a memory from when I was a child of the greatest game ever called Dynamite Shack. What? Did you guys have this game? All right, Cindy Shark and Goss, my girlfriend, she had this fifth grade greatest game ever. What it is, it's this little shack, and it's plastic and it's bright red and it looks like the shack in the woods 
And uh, this, I don't I know. Do if, the I don't know if there's a dead kid inside, but I do know that there's a chimney up in the corner, and it's round. Well, what <laughs> you have to, to do? You don't know if the kid's dead or not, but go ahead. But anyway, <laughs> so you have to wind it up, and that activates some sort of mechanism that makes mm. it start to shake a little, and it creates this tension because at any point it could explode because it's a dynamite shack, and you have these giant plastic thumbs that are really big. You put your thumbs on, and you pick them up with the thumbs, and you have to put them in the this chimney. This sounds what? familiar. It's the best, and you start to get nervous because it starts to go click, 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 and it gets faster and faster, and you're like, ah, and you have to take your turn and put the dynamite, and then eventually it explodes. Giant thumbs are ringing a bell here. Right. That, Bart, that'll wrap up way sooner than two hours and nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Just FYI, if you're looking the, for something Shaq related to do. The best is, part is when it blows up, you just all start giggling and fall on the floor. That's what we did. It's like the operation of dynamite-based uh, well, children's games. And how I hope this movie ends. <laughs> With a big explosion. Let's get on to the next oh, film. That's so exciting. So that's the movie. Yeah, that's, that's the show. That's great. Uh, our next film is a story of a... We haven't gone to any of these, have we? We've actually no. taken one of these. You know, uh, Miracles from Heaven, the right. one with Jennifer Garner's kid. They're all about kids getting hurt. Her yeah. kid falls from a tree, right, and breaks her neck. I'd see the Jennifer Garner one, yeah. I guess. I like her. Uh, yeah. I'd go well, see this one. I like Sam Worthington for what it's worth. Well, that's true. You know, he was great in Hacksaw Ridge. I do like Tim McGraw. I'd go see this one if I had to see there one. You go. Yeah. All right. All right. So Maybe this all is the one we do the litmus test on. Of Me? all the VeggieTales movies, this is the all one right. we choose to <laughs> try and check out. Okay. Now, in a 180, our next film is the story of a mean and shallow high school girl who dies over and over again. I'd watch that over and over again. Then you're right, the, you're right in line here to preview this one with all me, right, Karen. perfect. Because Wolverine is not the only superhero in movies this week as Zoe Deutsch plays Groundhog Teen in Before I Fall. <laughs> hey, Paul. Have you ever wondered, what if they made a movie a lot like Groundhog Day, but not as good? Well, wonder no more. Uh-huh. It's Before I Fall. Great. A movie about a young girl on the verge of graduating high school who was forced to live the day she died over and over again. Dying over and over again. That is high school. Everything's great for Samantha Kingston. She has the perfect life, the perfect guy, and seemingly the perfect future. Oh, God, not this again. (laughs) That's not going to go well. She also has a bunch of those noxious friends that are in these stupid movies or joking around like I hate. I mean, everything is going so great for her that you'll find yourself having a tough time applauding the semi-truck that crashes into her and kills her. But don't worry, she's not really dead. Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead uh. <laughs> because she wakes up and starts living the whole day over again <laughs> she starts to freak out but then remembers she'd seen groundhog day edge of tomorrow deja vu and that other one with jake joan hall <laughs> before i fall challenges you to be with the most annoying people on the planet for 99 minutes mm. samantha is one of the mean girls pretty rich popular and someone who gets great pleasure picking on the misfit underclassmen at her school so if she doesn't change things up in her life not only will she be dead but so will karma oh why can't the day she relives over and over be the one where she takes her sats there's a scene where a teenager flashes her boobs. Mm-hmm. And in case you weren't interested in seeing this, clever filmmakers, she and the audience will have to relive that scene over and over again. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. The girls see their shadows. So it's six more weeks of cunty behavior. As I mentioned, it stars Zoe Deutsch, the star of... Uh... Yeah? No, you don't know any of these. <laughs> uh, it, also star- <laughs> it also stars Logan Miller. Party smokers be like... <laughs> no, <Gus Tyler. laughs> 
Eventually, Samantha realizes the only way for her to break the curse of live, die, repeat the 12th grade is to change who she is. But that's easier said than done because the school she attends is in North Carolina. And if she changes too much, she won't know what bathroom to use. But knowing that making changes to yourself in the cycle of reliving the same day takes years... She cleverly tricks the system, spending all of her repeating days watching Groundhog Day over and over. She short-circuits the curse. You know, I don't think that's how the movie goes, but I wish that's how the movie goes. What a coincidence. I don't care much how this movie goes. (laughs) What I'd rather see is a day spent with the goofballs at Table 19 relived over and over again. Let's just cut to that preview. All right, let's do it. So this is opening. All right. Yeah, I go on to table nineteen. I'm curious. I'm totally curious. Table nineteen seems like a. Uh, We're done with before I. Yeah, yeah. Zoe yeah. so Deutsch was in Why Him, by the way. But. It doesn't know what movie to be. There's two trailers. One's really dark and spooky, and the other one's kind of inspirational. Yeah. Like she's going to figure it out and save the day. Oh, really? They they give her the old. Uh, let's feel for her. In yeah, the the, uh, the whole. Uh, um, uh, darn it. Peter Gabriel, what is it? Salisbury oh, Hill Salisbury moment. Salisbury, Salisbury, Hill. Hill. Salisbury Hill moment in, in one of the trailers where she's like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a horrible person, and I can." It's Nine Inch Nails trailer yeah. becomes Salisbury Hill trailer. Exactly. Gotcha. What do they call the? Oh, the millennial yelp. Yeah, Philip Phillips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the millennial yelp. Arcade <laughs> Fire trailer. That's the yeah. new. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's screw it. Next movie. All right. Six strangers <laughs> meet at a wedding for the ex-boyfriend of Eloise, played by Anna Kendrick, when they are seated at the reject table. Table 19. Bart, let's talk about it. Ever wonder, (laughs) hey, what if they made a movie a lot like The Breakfast Club, but just as good? Well, wonder no more. It's Table 19, where a group of disparate misfits all get seated at the same table during a wedding. Do you know what Francie's mother calls Table 19? The table that should have known to send regrets, but not before sending something nice off the registry. What? The table that could disappear in the middle of the wedding and no one would even notice. A table of people they don't care about? How are we doing back here? Let's go. And how do I know it's going to be as good as Breakfast Club? Because the soundtrack includes the original Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins. Not some BS hip-top remake featuring what's-his-nuts or what's-her-face from that stupid thing they do. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa Caius! Oh, Bart. (laughs) Anna Kendrick plays Eloise McGarry, the ex-maid of honor for a wedding she nonetheless decides to attend. That's right, after being dumped by the best man, Eloise decides that the open bar and chance to dance the hokey pokey are just too much to pass up. So she decides to go to the wedding anyway. But when she arrives, she's a little dismayed to find herself seated at table 19, which... For those of you unfamiliar with wedding seating etiquette is like, well, actually, I'm not very familiar with wedding seating etiquette myself, but I guess it's not a good thing. But it does make sense because I know I would hate to be seated at a table with a teen. The the breakfast schlubs of table 19 (laughs) reveal themselves to one another and set upon righting the wrongs that place them together all during the course of the wedding reception. Now, in keeping with the concept that the bridesmaid shouldn't be prettier than the bride, Pitch Perfect's Anna Kendricks leads a murderer's row of character actors. The (laughs) table of misfits guests includes Craig Robinson, Lisa Kudrow, Stephen Merchant, and June Squibb, which, if you ask me, 
Sounds like a pretty good table. But this is the movies. So we all have to pretend that, you know, Craig Robinson isn't extremely cool or Stephen Merchant isn't completely hilarious and Lisa Kudrow isn't sexy goofy and that Anna Kendrick isn't so hot that she'd be dumped by a guy that looks like Wyatt Russell and then is not able to find a date for the wedding to rub it into his face. <laughs> oh, movies, you really are trying me. <laughs> and even Andy Daly is thrown in to make sure the movie's stiff twit levels meet current standards. <laughs> Poor Anna Kendrick. She's a demoted maid of honor forced to sit at the table of misfit guests. But maybe it's her own fault that the wedding planners saw her wild behavior and Mike and yeah. Dave need a wedding date. Oh yeah, does that skank want to hit? <laughs> With a single Sorry, location. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. I, I wouldn't want to short that oh, yeah. movie <laughs> oh, there. Of course. Okay, Alphabetically comes before the other one you just said. <laughs> <laughs> With a single location and limited time frame, either this movie is an indie or the location manager is incredibly lazy. I think it's the latter because it's from an original story from Jay and Mark Duplass. Creators of such indie hits as Guy Standing on a Sidewalk Thinking, <laughs> Still in This Rocking Chair, Do You Have Change of a 50, and Which Snack Appeals to Me, The I'm Hungry But Not Super Hungry Story. <laughs> oh, the Blast Brothers. Oh. I, you remember I started my thing... <laughs> Remember I started my thing where I'm watching a movie every day? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Today I saw Cafe Society. Uh-huh. It's amazing. I'm horribly underversed on Duplass Brothers. I think that's something I'm going to hit in this uh, movie a day thing. I have uh, I have the puffy chair if you'd like to borrow it. I will. I'll borrow it. Because I... I watch Baghead. I'm going to add this to my list. I'm going to watch Cyrus. going to get through all What of is Cafe Society? Ca Woody Cafe Allen. Woody Allen. Yeah, well, really I don't good. like Woody Allen. Will I like it? Yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah. If uh, half of Woody Allen's <laughs> movies, if they didn't tell you it was a Woody Allen movie, you'd go, oh, this is cute. This is fun. You go, it's a Woody Allen movie. You go, oh, oh well, I see the subtext now. But his uh, his narration like starts the movie, so you'll know. Right Does away. it? It's yeah. <laughs> but Jesse Eisenberg is a great Woody. Like oh. he, you know, he's always making the guy. The lead, is, the lead. is always Woody. And when it's Kenneth Branagh doing it, you're like, this is alright. Eh. But Eisenberg is a lock. That's that good. makes sense. And yeah. Steve Carell's in it, and I love him. Right? Everything he's in in that movie, every okay. scene he's in, is great. Okay. Kenneth Branagh is the worst Woody of all the Woodies. He's cast to be Woody in the lead because <laughs> yeah. you're like, I'm not buying this at all. You're Hamlet. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> like everybody else that likes John Cusack, you're like, yeah, he could schlub up any second if he wanted yeah, yeah. to, you know. Or even the blondie there from uh, Moose. Uh, who is that? Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. Was no, no, the blondie oh, who was Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson's yeah. a Owen Wilson. wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Woody. Very Woody. Yeah, go for it. To do all. The yeah. what do you want? But yeah. So table nineteen. Yeah. So that. Um, oh yes. Right. Mm -hmm. This yeah, actually, I, it looks really charming. I it would does. go see this. Yeah. Yeah. It mm -hmm. looks like we will go see this. Yeah. It feels very Breakfast Clubby to me, where there's a bunch of people who, from different, you know, sects of society, forced to figure things out. Um, and yeah, it looks really, really enjoyable. I I would be psyched to sit at that table. I would see all those right. different well, crazy people and be like, "You guys are fun." Yeah. Yeah, single location, limited time frame. Yeah. I'm into any indie film that's that. Because yeah. it's just the course of the wedding, I believe. The reception. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's just that, the... Oh, there is yeah. a scene where they go outside and they're like walking around by the park or something. They're they're outside together. It's probably, like, on, they're probably on the golf grounds or It's something. weird, but it seems like a different time because they're like wearing different clothes. So oh, okay. I don't know what that oh, yeah. is. We'll yeah. see. It looked like it was all kind of took place in the time frame of the, of the reception. I think that's cool. I love that. Well, that's they, the same thing with Breakfast Club. It's like, you know, you got four hours to tell that story in a way. and. There's yeah. a Moonrise Kingdom element to it. I don't know if it's the font or really? what, but I get a Moonrise Kingdom element from the uh, location and the richness of how it looks. Well, we haven't had a so Wes Anderson movie in a long time. Oh, I know. Grand Budapest was the last one? Yeah. I, I don't know why this movie makes me want to talk about other filmmakers, <laughs> but it does. Well, it does have, yeah, it could be a couple different films. All right, we got a lot of films this week. Go ahead, so, go ahead. point, we're going to see this one. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yes, check. But let's get to the final film of the big weekend. Shirley MacLaine responds to the public outcry that she... How many What? How many movies this week? five. This is it, this is it. Logan and others. Okay, yeah. Shirley MacLaine responds to the public outcry that she returned to the big screen with The Last Word. Shirley MacLaine gets the last word? Now, wait a minute. We gave the last word to her brother on Sunday night, and you saw how well that went. That's great. All right, let's talk about the last word. That's the last word. <laughs> We're getting nothing right to the last. All right, well, you keep going anyway. McLean pays, plays Harriet Lawler, a control freak whose problem leads her to micromanage her future demise by telling the local newspaper obituary writer exactly what was so great about her. You're right. That, that made sounds, it very dramatic. I read like with it. The, that sounded really exactly. important. It's like going what to the was Harry so Potter. Great about her. <laughs> it's like going to Harry Potter land at Universal. It's like, man, I need John Williams to back me up everywhere uh, I walk. This second act generating assignment leads Anne, played by Amanda Seyfried, sure. Sure. That's what I'm going to with. interview Harriet's friends and unlock the secrets of her life. It turns out that secret is she's not so great. She puts the bitch in obituary. Everyone thinks she's a bitch, except her gynecologist, who thinks she's a cunt. If I want your opinion... This is a two-cunt show, you guys. I was her gynecologist. What is happening? I thought when you mentioned that earlier, oh you were... God, and then no. I heard another joke, and I go, oh, it wasn't my cunt joke no. that you were talking about. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we okay. never say that word. I know. <laughs> and it was a we gynecologist a joke. But I, Adam, I, I gotta tell you, license. the first cunty joke was mine. There you go. All See, right. you're allowed to write one. I'm not, so it's radical that's because and rebellious I, that I wrote one. Adam, that's because I'm black. <laughs> that's why. Okay. This, something tells me this obituary... Congratulations could, on your Oscar win. <laughs> something tells me this obituary could end. She was killed by the girl she hired to write her obituary. <laughs> Once Harriet finds out the truth about how people feel about her, she decides to change her life to one that can be admired. To do so, she journeys forth to another screenplay about a woman who adopts a little black kid and becomes a DJ. Sorry to hear the screenwriter didn't finish either of these. She's outlived everything, except radio stations that still play records, it seems. I fear this movie may have jumped the shark in the middle of itself. But on the plus side, you got Shirley MacLaine and Anna Kendrick in your movie. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. Sure! <laughs> The young girl will no doubt be molded into a model citizen through mentoring, snarkiness, condescension, rudeness, and hugs. Is it played by Anne-Julie Dixon? Gesundheit. <laughs> well, Shirley MacLaine pisses off everyone else in her life, so I'm sure she just wants someone to speak at her funeral. Excuse me, Paul, was this movie based on a book? No, but it is a movie about writing, an obituary. Uh, you know, close enough. It's a movie. <laughs> All right. Your criteria for what is a movie is getting thinner and thinner. <laughs> this is a classic story of old person meets young person, and when young and old are brought together, you can just bet that a whole lot of learning is going to happen. Yes. Learning and growing and coming together and then dying. That's just what the old people do. So, as you can see, it's going to take a whole lot of cuteness and charm to write this woman's obituary. Is Amanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried, up to the task. I'm not sure, but... She's all we got since Emma Stone is busy showing off her Oscar. So, Amanda? I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. But don't worry too much, Amanda. <laughs> this is Shirley MacLaine. If she doesn't like this obituary, she can just wait until she dies in her next life and hope that one's better. Right. Clearly, this is not the last word. She'll be back for a whole nother life full of words. And in the end, all three women drive off a cliff and into our hearts. Nice. Uh, I think. We'll see. <laughs> or someone will. There you go. That's the last word. Which we will see. Why? Because it's produced by Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Oh, really? Yeah. We owe everything oh. to. Oh. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, this movie in the middle of it seems like it becomes a second it really movie. Does. They adopt a little black girl. They they drag her around town. It's I, hilarious. Well, one event does that. lead to the other. I mean, she has to learn what a horrible person she is to then decide. Sure, to but what a path. But well, why isn't the movie about her? Why isn't the movie about her and the little girl, or just her and Amanda? It, it's weird that it's about all three of them all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't see how it ties in. I wish that this was before I fall. I'd like to watch this movie go over and over until she learns to be a good person and have a better obituary. But it will because it's Shirley MacLaine, insert reincarnation joke here. Well, that is true. <laughs> I don't... That's that, that, a while ago that people used to make those jokes about that. I don't she know, made she, it at the she, Oscars she, the other day. Did she? Yeah. 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 Oh, so did she really? never, oh, never gets she's old. Still, okay. Never gets she's, old. She does. But you know otherwise. what? She's getting closer to it. Maybe she's well, like, well, let's, just, I'll let I'm you know. In, I'm all in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I am very close to being re- to figuring out if this is correct or not. Right. Uh, yeah. Joel Murray's in this as well, speaking oh, of friends of the show. And this is from Mark Pellington, director of Arlington Road, Mothman Prophecies. Okay. But he also directed U2 3D, which was... Fantastic. Uh, and I, one of the reasons I want to have a 3D festival sometime in town. We don't have IMAX 3D festivals enough. I would like to just see that movie again on the big screen. He shot a South American U2 concert that was amazing. In 3D. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just a fun fact for you, Bart. I insist that all my facts be fun. Please proceed, Karen. This is a two Stephen Merchant Week movie. <gasps> he is in Logan and Table 19. Oh. So enjoy, yeah. everyone. Uh, Paul, I should have told you to have another Logan job ready or something, but I don't know. That's perfectly good news to bring up. Oh, okay. Who doesn't love Stephen Merchant? Well, I no, love Stephen Merchant. If you don't, Merchant. I need you to get out of the Admirals Club. <laughs> you could but just drop get... uh, Wolverines! <laughs> let's get some of them in here, okay? Yes! Let's, uh, enough of the new movies. Perhaps too many movies. Uh, we'll be back in 10 seconds with this week's guest, Julia Marchesi, right after this. <laughs> We are back with our guest, as promised, an actress who is the producer and director of the documentary Out of Print, now available on all manner of on-demand services. Mm-hmm. I saw it on Amazon Prime, so that one's out there. She worked for many years at the New Beverly Cinema in Hollywood, and the film chronicles the ups and downs of a revival house, a type of theater you should support in your town, yes. wherever you are. So let's talk movies with Julia Marchesi. Yeah. Applause and candle applause. And fake applause. <laughs> you, you get it all. All manner of applause uh, for you. Um, so let's jump right to the film, Out of Print. Because we saw it last night, mm-hmm. pretty excited about it. Did and you guys all watch it together? Uh, we yeah. watched it together, and I don't know when you guys watched it. Adam had already I known watched about it, it. When yeah. it first came on Amazon, and then yeah. you sent me a copy because I'm a backer. Oh, I'm an, congratulations. An Thank you, Adam. So unlike. Thanks. Uh, Jay Duplass and the folks at uh, at uh, Manson Family Vacation. Some people I back on Kickstarter do come on the show. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Oh, there you go. Burn. What? Well, yes, no <laughs> love for the Duplass brothers. <laughs> what no, I, no, say, no, I, I said I'm going to watch the everything they've done. Now that Good. I'm doing a movie yeah. a day. That's right. <laughs> Yesterday's movie out of print. That's so true. let's go back to that Kickstarter campaign and everything about uh, the beginning of this. It started out of a long uh, era where you worked at yes. this cinema. So um, launch into it. I worked at the New Beverly from 2006 to 2014 and um, found the calendar for it and just fell in love with it. And um, I'm very uh, old school and groovy and and I kind of like sleazy things. And uh, Welcome to the movie, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
so yeah it was really cool to work there and then so I just I knew I wanted to make a film about it so I launched a Kickstarter I'm sorry I can't really look at you without kind of turning (laughs) (laughs) but I want to look at you while I'm talking Um, so I started I did Kickstarter in 2012 and raised $80,000 and uh, five years later uh, the DVDs are out so I, I it the cool thing about it was that I got to learn how to make a film from an idea in my head to a finished product and go through every single step along the way and see how that works because I had never made a film before. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the best part of it. And also to just uh, preach uh, the, the gospel of revival cinema and 35 millimeter, which I'm happy to do because it's uh, very close to my heart. And when she says film, she means film. She shot the movie on film because you would feel it would be a bit of a betrayal. You're like, I'm going to do this great documentary <laughs> on uh, uh, devoted to 35 millimeter film, and I'm going to shoot it on uh, Digibator. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it is half on red. Um, it is digital and 35 okay. millimeter. But you um, did get a real. I did, yes. 35 and I did, camera. and I did do a side by side shot, so you can see what they look like side by side, which is weird because they didn't do that in side by side by Keanu Reeves. The documentary. Uh, (laughs) There's no no side-by-side shot. Yeah, you're right. In mine, there is. (laughs) Take that, Keanu. (laughs) So then you launch out to uh, talk about this theater. Who comes to your aid first to appear in it? Because there's all manner of people from patrons who are regulars to celebrities who are fans Yeah, Mm -hmm. and who've appeared there as well in person. Well, I wanted to make sure that the film wasn't just about the celebrities even though you know that's probably why most people watch it but I also want to show like there's a whole community here and part of that community are the regulars who are just these people who come every day no matter what you know just to see whatever it is that you're showing um but yeah the film um amazing I'm so lucky I got to talk to Joe Dante and Stuart Gordon and Mark Romanek and Ryan Johnson who's directing you know Star Wars yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, that's crazy. Ryan Johnson's in it, and he's directing Star Wars right now. Yeah, it's, I watch it. I'm like, I know that guy. The new Beverly Army. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got to talk to so many cool people, um, and they all were just genuine in their love for cinema. And, you know, they all got their starts as directors because they went to revival cinemas and saw Casablanca on the big screen or saw whatever inspired them. Um, and that was part of the guest programming series I did at the New Beverly was to have these people come in and talk about the films that inspired them to be directors. So that's how that started and how I got to know Kevin Smith and you know all of these people to ask them to come be in the movie. Did you put together the guest programmer yeah. thing before? Okay, that was oh, me. that's interesting. So that's yeah, cool. so, because everybody, a lot of people in it had done a week at the New Beverly, you would see this is Joe Dante presents. I remember the right just... stuff. Edgar Wright yeah. had his own. Oh yeah, a yeah. couple yeah. of weeks right or a month. Yeah, per yeah. he That's was. Really he cool. did it twice, and he was the first one. Um, that it was just kind of a uh, kind of idea. Like, why don't you come do this? And he said okay, and then it just snowballed into this gigantic thing. And then from there, then Eli Roth wanted to do one, and Diablo mm. Cody wanted to do one, and like everybody started to come on board. And so that's when it was like the coolest time. And I'm glad that I got to capture that time on film and not a print because the New Beverly's not. Sorry to the folks who watch out of print, but it's not what it shows now. Okay, let's walk through the timeline then, because there, there's the fascinating thing. And I met Julia just going to the New Beverly every night. If anybody's listened to this podcast for a while, you know I pretty much am there two or three times a week. And uh, Julia, uh, I, you know, you would talk to her, and then I heard about the movie like firsthand, talking to you and stuff like that. But now there is there was a thing that happened, uh, I believe, two years ago at the at the New Beverly. At one time, uh, uh, Sherman Torgan is that the name of the guy who. St- uh, uh, has owned the New Beverly since the 70s, right? And always run it as a revival theater. And Quentin Tarantino, when he was a young person, knew Sherman and would go to the theater. Now there was a there was a time that where you and my heart skipped a beat, where Sherman passed away, 
in in my time since even being here and being obsessed with the new beverly sherman passed away and passed the theater on to his son but unfortunately the building was going to get sold by the people who owned it and turn it into a Starbucks or whatever. Chipotle, from uh, what chi- I learned in the movie. Oh, oh, uh, that's, oh that's Chipotle right. Chipotle and a Supercuts. Yeah. yeah. And I feel kind of anti-Chipotle because of it now, even though it's not, <laughs> it's not Chipotle's it's, fault. But I've always good. been anti-Supercuts. So. <laughs> oh, the movie theater in my hometown is a is a, a dry cleaners. <laughs> so it's the worst thing in the world. The showcase cinema <sighs> is gone. So at that time, Quentin Tarantino buys the building so that they don't have to pay. But then eventually, and it was, it was maybe two months. This is the fascinating thing about your documentary. In the course of making your documentary, the theater (laughs) that you were devoting it to, because it shows everything on film, decides to put in a digital projector. Right? So this is antithetical to the very documentary you were shooting in the lobby at times. Was that Tarantino putting in there? Not yet. This is what's fascinating. Now, she is making a documentary on 35mm, when that digital projector goes in, Tarantino says, that's it. I'm actually taking over the theater. And you might have more information than I have on this. This is the NPR version from the interview. But but that that then gets removed. It goes back to mm-hmm. 35 millimeter. Now, you can pick up any portion of this because you have far more insider perspective than I do at this point. But the timeline is what's so interesting in the shooting of this movie about that theater. So go, continue. So um, what happened was that uh, Quentin, yeah, decided to kind of take it over completely. Um, and then there was this whole kind of period where it got shut down for a little bit because they were doing renovations, but yeah. they didn't want to talk about it. So everyone was asking me what was going on, but I couldn't say anything because mm-hmm. they didn't want to say anything. But you were there when Quentin was coming in? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like I just saw that New Beverly was closed for a month. I didn't know why, but you and know. I, and I wasn't, but I wasn't allowed to say anything yeah, about it. Yeah. So I couldn't Big say, secret. hey guys, everything's fine. It will be a backup in a month. They just didn't want to say anything. Um, so uh, basically what happened is this, I, the outer print was finished. It was done. It was uh, final cut and all locked and everything about how great the New Beverly was. And then the New Beverly fired me. So Isn't then, this crazy? Oh so then I had a movie about um, cinema that I don't really want to promote anymore. Um. Um, so it was real, and I didn't see it coming. Like I should have seen it coming. Like I, I watch, you know, Hollywood movies like All About Eve, and there's like the backstabbing Hollywood thing. And I'm like, oh, mm. it's a movie, and I'm like, no, actually, <laughs> not a movie. Did like, they give you a reason? No. I said I wasn't performing my managerial duties, uh, but mm. they were never really clear on what that was. Um, so what they did was they said that I was I it was Quentin Tarantino's assistant. So I have nothing against Quentin, um, his assistant, however, not a fan. Um, oh. Said I was going to be demoted to snack bar with shifts not guaranteed. Snack bar, demoted to snack bar. Yeah. Are there sadder words in employment history? <laughs> Adam, you've been demoted to snack bar. I know what you mean by that. Watch yourself or you're going to be put on fountain drinks. (laughs) So it just um, crushed me completely because I didn't see it coming. And this really is my favorite place in the whole world. So I felt that my best defense was to release it online. And so that's when I, I released it on Vimeo for free to show everybody like, look, look how much I love this stupid theater. Like, look how much. And so that was really all I had. But it's kind of... Uh, never gonna be able to go back there. And so it was really, really horribly painful to watch for a long time. And mm. I'm, I've watched it so many times now that I'm fine. Um, but it's got a bigger message and that's why I'm okay with it. That, you know, yeah. it's a, you know go to the theater near you. But yeah. It's, uh, did, you, did you then recut it differently to have, because the, the, no. the last third is the message yes. of just let's save 35 millimeter mm. film. One of the fans in the movie does a great comparison saying, 
we could look at the Mona Lisa, but no, I don't have to because I have a photo of it. It's like, yeah. no, digital is a photo of film mm. is tangible and that's, we need to save it. Um, but and did, was there a, a choice then to maybe go that direction with the message of the Pe- film? People ask me if I like, why don't you just like add a coda to the end of the film and like say what happened to you? Because it's not about me. Mm. Like I'm in the film and some people have given me, you know, shiz for being in the <laughs> film. Um, but I, I want. I, there needed to be a narrator. There needed to be someone who would like take you through, and that's. So, but it isn't about me. It's about this theater, and it's about a bigger message. So I didn't. I didn't change it. So, it's the cut that I had when I was working there. So it went from being this film that to me felt like incredibly celebratory and fun, and now it's kind of like really sad because mm-hmm. the place still exists and Memory still shows thirty five, but is not that anymore. Um, did Quentin know you were making the movie? Yes, and he didn't support that i don't understand. he was filming django uh at the time so i had asked him if he would be willing to be interviewed and he was down for it but it yeah. just never really worked um and something about him that he doesn't have a computer or a cell phone so uh his assistant is really like the only way to get in contact with him and so if she decides that you don't get to talk to him you don't get to talk to him um, because that when, assistant. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's like a it's like a power move kind of thing where like you know Absolutely. I have all of the access to Ugh. him and so um, mm. yeah and, and the sad the saddest thing about it was like we were friends and like we I used to like house it for her cats and like stuff like that so like yeah. that's why like when it I, I really didn't see it coming um, but I persevered and decided to uh, go ahead with releasing the film because I thought it was worthwhile and it got. Uh, did a theatrical run and on 35 millimeter and nice. went to all the places that it should have played at and then um, got to go to the UK and all over the world to play like film archives in Vienna and all these wow. kind of different places and now it's on uh, DVD and VOD so you can watch it at home. And, and you know not I the saddest ending I could imagine is you not being able to go to the New Beverly again. That's a, a, a very sad ending and I, I'll give you a hug shortly after this because okay. I, I, I like this is like my, I, I, I feel like uh, I, I feel so uh, well if it makes you feel any but, better at Christmas time Paul and I went to see a, a terrible movie that they played <laughs> and I can't even believe it. Paul fell asleep during it. Paul never falls asleep during movies. Eight Crazy Nights Adam oh. Sandler animated movie. <laughs> They doubled it with Scrooge, which that we were was wide great. awake for. And then, then uh, that yeah. happened, and I held it against the New Beverly a little. I'm like, that? Really? Mm. However, I, I do I do want to say it's great that there is a love letter, because I can't explain to other people what it is like going to this place, and it's great that so many people in the documentary just talk about that love of like what it's like going there. And somebody, I, I, I was just re-watching part of it t- today, and uh, somebody even said like it's like... Uh, it's like chicken soup. It's like, well, I just want to feel good. I just go there. Richard Kelly says that. Richard Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I, I did recently, I like, I had a really busy week and it was just like uh, overextended stuff. And I'm just like, I'm just so grumpy and I don't want to be doing anything. And I'm just like, oh, let me go to the new Beverly. And I just sat down and I was like, I feel so much better right now. I don't even <laughs> care what's on screen, but it was a pretty good Roy Rogers movie. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what revival cinema should do. Yeah. That's how it should make you feel. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but part, part of what's interesting to me about, um, Revival Cinema is that every single one has this little community of people. And why did this community, why do some people, why do you like the New Beverly but not the Cine family? Why do you feel comfortable at the New Art but not the Egyptian? Mm-hmm. Like it's that kind of thing where everybody's place has their own little vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's cool. I go where Clue Gulliger goes. Yes. <laughs> that's right. It's very clear. <laughs> he goes to the New Beverly. Did you have a favorite experience? Now let's, that's sort of the, the, the odd turn that the film has made after being completed. But let's go back to celebrate more the, the time that's in this film. 
08 to 2012, right? Um, what was one of your favorite moments there? Because it may not have been captured on film. You see celebrities like David Lynch in the movie show up to the New Beverly and that do a Q&A, but what would you say is uh, one of your favorite moments? I have a memory of um, Ryan Johnson when he did his series. It was a festival of fakery because it was right when B- Brothers Bloom came out. Oh, so it was okay. all like con artist films. Um, and I'm I'm kind of in love with Ryan Johnson. He know he knows, so it's not like I'm telling any secrets here. Um, he's amazing. He's so smart, and he's so such a good filmmaker. And he for those of you who may not know, uh, yeah, we've mentioned Star Wars Brick. Episode Eight, but Brick uh, and Looper, which is a Looper. fantastic yeah. movie. Yes. yes. So he was he had a band that was playing before one of the he did a bunch of weird things. One of them was a band playing, and and so he dragged it was me and and Ryan and Noah up on stage dancing, and he was doing <laughs> this like ridiculous dance move like just goofy little like and it i just it was really cool <laughs> there's a lot of really cool ones that's the one that comes to mind off the top of my head because i'm thinking about ryan johnson and noah because well, they're you, so they're so cute together in their interview you're not going to see the uh, amc burbank 16 turn into a dance party anytime no. soon <laughs> this is not going to happen no yeah it's reserved for that special kind of place and i also remember when we went i went up to get a hot dog and they weren't ready yet and so they said, well, you know, just pay and then come back and get it later. <laughs> and when Paul went up later, they remembered he was with me. That never happens yeah, yeah, yeah. at other theaters. Yeah. Totally. Little things like that. It feels like you're in your hometown theater. Now, what about the people you worked with? I think I believe you're still friends with Marion. Yes. Marion Kerr, do I have the pronoun? Marion name? Kerr, yes. Yeah, she was who in the was movie. Mm-hmm. also a, a proud employee at the time it featured in the film. She left when I left in protest. Uh, oh, um, wow. Good friend. Yes, yeah, she's mm-hmm. my best friend. Good girl. Um, mm-hmm. But Matt, who's in the film, stayed. What are we going to say about that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Matt and I are still really good I friends. I see him all the time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Um, it was weird. I mean, it, you know, we talk about how weird projectionists are um, in the film. Because they're, uh, they're, yes. uh, they're more interesting than the celebs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're great. They're, yeah, really something. Um, I don't know. Working there, you know, even though it wasn't perfect, um, it was, I feel like, and maybe this is making too much of my position there, but like, I, yes, I was just like selling them tickets at the box office, but I felt like it was my job to welcome everybody mm-hmm. and like to, to make it feel like that kind of theater that you'd always wanted to go to and to make sure that everybody felt like this is cool, you're welcome, you know, that kind of thing, because I feel like it should have been a safe, it should be a safe place and everybody, it shouldn't be about going to see somebody famous necessarily. It should be like, oh, let's go do this together. And even Quentin, when he's there, doesn't sign autographs or take pictures because he's like, I'm just here watching a movie with you guys. So like, that's kind of his thing. Did you find another home for uh, in LA that you've sort of attached yourself to for uh, retro films? No? No, not really. I mean, I like... You mentioned Cinefamily and oh, I, I mean, American Cinematheque. Sure, shows. there's places that I, that I like and but I don't, Cinefamily, I always feel like I'm not cool enough for the Cinefamily. <laughs> like, they're so cool. And they don't have programming every night, do they? They do. They do? Yeah. Oh, I thought they, I, I they took the midweek off. They do amazing stuff. Um, but, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I, but I feel kind of, you know, floating around trying to find my next place. Um, and feeling, you know, the New Beverly take, being taken away is, like, still a huge void because it was, mm. in the, I grew up in Las Vegas where there's no, Repertoire cinema doesn't exist in Las Vegas, like just doesn't, you know. So when I moved to LA, I just didn't even know a place like this could exist. Cinema is like the multiplex at yeah. the Orleans, right? Yeah, or something I like used that. to work there. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but the, so, so my first entry to kind of weird cinema was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Was the first time to go to a midnight show and be like, wow, like movies can be more than just sitting and watching it. You can be interacting with, it, you can be up and singing and dancing, and so that was the first thing I'd seen. And then when I saw the New Beverly Island, I was like, oh, it's a whole. It's a whole, and the th- I think that the New Beverly 
always had the feeling of a midnight show mm-hmm. in a regular show, yeah. Yeah. which is what you want because mm-hmm. the midnight crowd is wants to be there, and so you have this crowd that wants to be there, and that makes such a big difference. Yeah. And so you go out to see regular movies mm-hmm. uh, as well. Do you have any take on the stuff we talked about earlier today? The um, Shack I or watch, Logan? I watched all of the trailers, uh-huh. and uh, no. <laughs> um, I saw. Right. I saw. Not Logan. Oh, X Men. Not your thing. No, no, I'm not into the comic book superhero thing at all. I'm so over it. I'm ready for it to be done. I know that everybody else is. I am in the. I am the minority. I'm the one little person waving the little white flag, but uh, not into it. Don't could care less. Um, I saw it before I fall at Sundance. Oh, okay. Uh, the, I think I saw the premiere screening of it um and it is just lame teenage oh. Oh, yeah. i was hoping he saying but jennifer beals is in it i oh, can say that. that yeah that's good she's looking good um right isn't she though yeah man mm-hmm. yeah the, but the, it's no not very yeah. not mm. table 19 so, n- no. but that's a you, so uh, you went sundance so let's get a little sundance report from me what else did you do while you were there um so uh the first movie i saw at sundance was i don't feel at home in this world anymore um, i saw that last week which has Melanie Linsky, who I adore, and Elijah Wood, who I've literally been in love with since I was 10. <laughs> I wrote him a fan letter when I was 10, oh. and he wrote me back, and he nice. signed me a signed autograph, and I have shown him that signed autograph. We have a picture of me and him and that signed autograph. Um, and I w- Wait, so how old is he then? What's like, what had he done that oh, made well, you pursue I, him? I was like in love that? with him because- Like Huck Finn? No. Or, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it old school. You ready? Older for it? than Huck Finn. His first. The good his son? first. No. <laughs> his first role, which was in the David Fincher directed Paul Abdul Forever Your Girl video. Oh. Oh. He's wow. a little like sad oh. businessman. Oh. And I saw him. I was like him. Bing. <laughs> Who directed that? David Fincher. Oh wow. Yeah. That's good. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, been in love. So mm-hmm. I saw. I had a, actually a lot of Elijah Wood time at Sundance, which made me very very happy. I'm I I'm a complete. Sounds like you've had a lot of Elijah Good Elijah Wood. Well, time this is him actually. <laughs> he's actually in the room at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. Then, oh, this wow. this movie. I don't want to. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. He's not. I, he's a, if I looked at that on paper, I'd go. You don't cast Elijah Wood. Yet when you do, yeah. the dividends pay off hugely because he he's such a tough guy and putting it in that little frame of his. Yeah. Uh, gets a lot of rewards. I mm. saw like 12 or 13 films at Sundance and that yeah. was the first I don't feel at home in the world anymore was the first one I saw and it blew every other one away. And um, it won the grand jury. It won the grand jury so I felt very validated oh. because <laughs> it was the one that I went around telling everybody like go see this one. Um, and I've seen it twice since it got released on Friday. So I'm into it. Friday, that's a release to Netflix. We recommend it. Mm. Uh, there's a couple things about that. First of all, I wish I could see it on the big screen. You know, but Netflix produced it. They have every right to fruit to win the grand jury prize and then put it right out there for everybody to see. Um, but the other thing is, it reminded me of a 90s movie. Mm. Totally. It's the quirky characters and then violence. You know, like <laughs> it's true romance and all this, yeah. that kind of stuff. I like that. Uh, and where can you see 90s movies now? Netflix. So it kind of just fits yeah. right in there. You'll be flipping between Boogie Nights and whatever Pulp Fiction, and then suddenly that'll come up and it'll but be I right, ha- I have be to right say, a part of it. As a, as a, as a someone who really thinks that you should see films in a theater with an audience and how much of a difference that makes, seeing that film mm. in Sundance with 600 people who were super into it at 8.30 in the morning was part of what made that film so great. I know, yeah, because there's so many surprises in yeah. the script that a group feeling of how they how you could all respond just, would oh, yeah, be so like, great. Yeah, so it's, it was a little different watching it at home with my parents. It was a little <laughs> bit different, um, but they still enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, watch it. It's really good. Yeah, that one's recommended. I, and I, I have a thing for Melanie Linsky. I have loved Melanie Linsky since Heavenly Creatures. Mm-hmm. I saw that opening day. 
it was the film that made me decide I wanted to be a film actor and not a theater actor. I saw her performance. I went, that is what I want to do. Wow. And I told her that. So oh, that feels go. good. Yeah. <laughs> feels good. Yeah. And she's been uh, shining in supporting parts. Good to see her in the lead. Away we go, up in the air, stuff like she's that. She's in the Duplass Brothers show, Togetherness. There she was. Sense. Yeah. Is that not on anymore? Did they cancel it? I don't know. I thought it was still on. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Okay. It's one of those things I find out and I'm like, what, what season are they on? I don't know. I'm just hearing about it and I don't know. Sometimes they're gone already. I just say if Melanie Linsky's in it, you should watch it. Except if it's two and a half men, because sorry, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Anything else stand out at Sundance? Um, I saw uh, a film called Quest. There was a documentary that they followed some um, people in North Philly for a decade. That was interesting. There was one called It's Not Yet Dark, which is about a guy who has a... neurotransmitting disease where he loses all muscle muscle function and can only move his eyes um but he directs writes and directs a film in this documentary they talk the, the documentary is about him making a film so he does it just by moving his eyes so lots of tears in that one. Oh yeah wow. so the diving bell and the butterfly wow. that's the, the that should tell they... you to make your damn movie yeah, yeah. mr yeah. i can use all of my arms before all i can do is blink yeah. Yeah. no excuses mr right? total motor functions yeah yeah uh, so how many films do you see? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, that's a lot. I that's saw a lot, good. and the most of the I was I was just ha- kind of surprised. I thought everything would blow me away, and um, there were several films before I fall not uh, being one of them that I was just like, eh, why is this in Sundance? I would be. Yeah. I, I'm surprised would, to hear that actually. Yeah. Seems pretty rote. Yeah. To be special like that. Yeah, it was. But someone must have paid big bucks to have the premiere. At a, at a fancy place. Uh, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So mm-hmm. uh, so let's go to home viewing again. Because <laughs> you have, from what I hear, a huge VHS collection. <laughs> I do. I, I, you know what? I hate to say I've just thrown a bunch of them away, but I did. They would go in the in the VHS player as a tape and come out the other side dust. And it's like, it's not doing anything for me anymore. I mean, we try to watch something, the big the line on the bottom. I know that's charming and all, but... Tracking. <laughs> yeah, tracking I'm, wasn't helping after a while. I, my friends call my house the layer of dead media because <laughs> it's VHS. I have a thousand VHS. I love it. I, I think that's great. Of, of you. Um, they are color coordinated. So um, you can ask me what color any movie is and I can tell you exactly. Um, I also collect uh, cassettes and vinyl and books. I mean, for me, I, I'm never going to move over and like read books on kindle like it's not going to happen because i just like the feeling of that in in my hands and same here so you know for me obviously watching out of print you'll get 35 millimeter and analog is very important and it shouldn't go away so i know i know vhs is supposed to be uh, inferior (laughs) but you can't you can't argue when it's like a quarter Here's another That's argument. Nostalgia too. Here's another argument. I went to. Oh yeah, you can go to the thrift store and buy like yeah. a bag of them for nothing. That's but what I do. The other day, I wanted to watch Captain Fantastic. Okay. Because I watch a movie. Every I haven't day. seen it yet, but I heard it's awesome. It's quite good. And I have some. I even had a gift card on iTunes, so I said I'm just going to cash that in and rent this and watch it. So I do that on my desktop. So I go out to the uh, Apple TV and I'm going to watch it. It's not there. Well, it turns out you can only watch a movie on Apple on the device on which you rented it. They don't lead with that. They don't say that anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I find this out after 20 minutes of trying to figure it out. So eventually I get it. Oh, I, I, I cancel that. I, I re-rent it on the Apple TV. And that's just giving me a spinning circle forever in a day. Nothing's happening. An hour. VHS would have put that in. Would have been watching it yeah. just like that. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I say. <laughs> so that's the one. That's the big VHS. I mean, I always say that whenever that happens because it happened again with... What the other one I watched? Oh, every time you watch something on Apple TV, it doesn't work. Yeah. 
It just doesn't. VHS would have come right up. Yeah. Speak, so speaking of which, I'll share some of mine with you. Ooh, Give okay. me your thoughts on some of these. Okay, great. Uh, just name it and tell her, and she'll tell you what color it is. Oh, <laughs> Fantasia. Uh, it's kind of a purplish black. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now when I threw when I threw my 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 VHS away, I mean you don't throw away Fantasia, right? It's got to no. be something about that, right? I got, I got Fantasia. You got that? <laughs> yeah. Which I always thought would be kind of good to watch on LSD, except those are like the really scary like demon part, and oh. then maybe not that Night I have, on Bald Mountain. Yeah. Not, not that I have LSD, but. Again. You don't need it if you have Fantasia. That's true. <laughs> if you had LSD, that's what I would watch. I have Glory. Oh, I should have given you the colors. Yeah. But you need the color scheme, right? I don't have Glory, though. No? I don't do war movies. It's signed oh, on the but back. Look, look how Carrie always, look how dashing he is. Mm. Signed that? on the back by? Peter Michael Getz, oh, who yeah. played Matthew Broderick's father in the movie. Who, no. went, who went to our college. Yeah, they went to our college, so oh, I got it signed. Okay. Back when that's all the media there was, he was happy to sign it. <laughs> keep, keep him coming. He was the father of the. He was the father of the groom and father of the bride too. You all right, Adam? Yeah. All right, perfect. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Lenny. No. Bob oh. Fosse. I haven't seen this. I don't oh, see this in many. I don't I see this in many places. I have a bunch of, of this key video. Yeah. I have 400 blows and cat's eye and like a bunch of different ones. The multicolored key, the gay key pride video. Flag. Yeah. She's in uh, Can't Stop the Music, the Village People yeah. musical. Never seen it. Oh, Steve Gutenberg. Because it's awful, right? It's With Donna so Summer. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, not Donna. Not Summer. Donna Summer. That, that's a, a different one. That oh. is. Um, but can't stop the music. Is that car wash? Am I thinking of car wash? For me, there's like there's like a like a trifecta of really bad movies that came out in 1980 musicals that I love. Uh, you start out with Xanadu, which is pretty easy, pretty easy going, and then you move on to Can't Stop the Music, which is pretty bad, and then you move on to The Apple, which if you've never seen The Apple, I never have. Blow your mind, amazing. Set when did that come out? 1980. Do I have to borrow, have to borrow oh. the VHS from you, or is it can I, can you can I get see it on it DVD? Wow. You can oh, see okay. it on DVD. Right. Um, it's got um, Catherine Mary Stewart, who is in Night of the Night of the Comet. Oh. And it's uh, set in the far future of 1994. Ooh, it's amazing. <laughs> all right. Who knew? I mean, all the only musical I knew from the 80s was the Blues Brothers. That's pretty good. <laughs> and that's that not bad. That's the only one they made that's the 80s, bad. I think. All right. Or Xanadu, uh, I guess. Can you give me a color scheme on real life, <laughs> Albert Brooks? Oh. Nope. Red. Ooh. With a Norman Rockwell typey painting in the front. Nice. Totally prescient movie about uh, reality television. Amazing yeah. movie about reality but made television. made in the 70s. Yeah. Yep. Produced by Penelope Spheris. Oh, is that right? There you go. There you go. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. That movie is great. Uh, and I'll give you one more. Oh, how many of these? Uh, oh, those are old. The MGM big o- oversized ah, boxes did you have. There you go. Yeah. I got some of those. <laughs> those faces, the, that's amazing. Now the I oversized, wish, look how painted like a, they are. Yeah. That's such a great cover. Strange Brew, everybody. Go see it, eh? The oversized yeah. box was a pain in the ass, wasn't it? Because it's like oh, it doesn't fit in the str- the thing they make for. Yeah, them. some of the, the racks it had to go on a top shelf because you couldn't jam it in because of the the way the I shelves were layered. <laughs> Big box, small box, clam box. <laughs> it can I'm be all thick, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't judge as far as ownership, but they became a pain to display. <gasps> Paul right? Dooley is in this. Oh, Paul Dooley. Paul Dooley, dude. Well, speaking of these great movies, what's your favorite of all time? We ask everybody who comes on here. Strange Brew. No. Yeah. No, okay. sorry. Um, you actually mentioned my favorite movie of all time earlier in your discussion, which oh. is uh, Table Nineteen, The yeah, Breakfast Before <laughs> I Fall. Oh, The Breakfast, oh, the Breakfast Club. Club. You're right. Um, That's a great movie because yes. The Breakfast Club. Bre- 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 yes, The Breakfast Club proves that all you need is a good script and good actors and a good director to have a great film. You, you mean no car chases and blow me ups? What? Ding ding ding. <laughs> 
Yeah. Single definitely. location. <laughs> yes. India's can be. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been my favorite film forever. And I think it's... But, you know, then my second favorite film's like Moulin Rouge. And so then you go in like oh, a completely different direction. Completely different. And then Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street or 400 yeah. Blows or, you know, I could just... This is why wow. people always say I have a tough time telling what my favorite movie but is. But I will, you know, I will always say Breakfast Club is my favorite. But what That's were you saying before movie. the show? You you brought this up, and that, that we bring it up all the time, and it's that's why you can tell you're a good guest and in sync with us because you said, well, often if you're figuring out your favorite movie, you just have to think what your favorite movie is right now. Yeah, what's your favorite movie today? And we do say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, you know, like mm-hmm. if I watch The Princess Bride right now, that could be the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, I just recently saw Sing Street, and I just think that's fantastic. <laughs> it's very, it's very much John Hughesy though. Yeah. So yeah, it's absolutely. it's got a great flavor of that. Really great characters. Great relationships. It's Irish yeah. John Hughes, no question. Yeah. The Duff, have you seen that? Oh, that's, that's good. That's John Hughes all over the place. The Duff's really solid, John Hughes, yeah. With Anne? Egg? Mm-hmm. Anne. Yeah. Egg? 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 Who? Her? Who? Her? Yeah. She's in that. Whatever her actual name is. I don't know. I don't Rest know. Of she's great. And she's all dumbed down by wearing like overalls. She's super cute. All right, we got a little time here so we can play a round of... What did you see this week? What did you see this week? The great Adam Pascal playing singing for us <laughs> and leading into this particular segment. Uh, as I mentioned, I watch a movie every day now, so I got plenty to say. That's Anyone crazy. else see something interesting? Well, we both saw Get Out, and a couple of people here Get haven't out. seen it. I have seen it. And you Ooh, saw it? Yes. And I guess I really, really, really enjoyed it. Pretty damn impressed with Jordan Peele's script. Mm-hmm. It covered all the bases of everything that movie was offering up plot-wise. There was no leak. There was no hole. He co- filled it all in. Which sounds sexy. No holes or leaks? Nope. <laughs> so it's a great... Much better than our uh, current government, uh, from what I'm told by the news. Zing. Yeah, yeah where's, <laughs> the, where's the sound effect for that? I got a zing. <laughs> I got a zing. Zing. Right. Zing! <laughs> so is there a good claustrophobic feel when he goes to this town? Like when he's you know, the, the trapped kind of thing? That's what I got from the trailer. The trailer, I mean, trailers give away too much, right? Mm-hmm. I feel well, like well, in this case, I maybe not. I, I don't feel know. like I I watched the trailer for Get Out, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this going to happen, and that's what happened. I can tell you the third act is though, like how that's he gets about all you're ever left, yeah, not mm-hmm. knowing yeah. most of these movies. Yeah. But that's but it, there's there's a lot to that though. I think that's still a cool surprise. Yeah, yeah, and when the movie's funny, it's not to the detriment of the film. It's just a funny character in it who's truthfully funny. Yeah. So I thought that played well. What did you wish they hadn't shown in the trailer? I've, I've been in movies before. I'm like, I would love if they didn't know that. Just that right there would be a nice little surprise. Why can't we know? just go back to teaser trailers? Because yeah. teaser trailers are amazing. Like the teaser trailer for Dunkirk is awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. But the regular actual trailer for Dunkirk, I don't want to watch. Because this show would be impossible to do if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be shorter. It would be um. I keep going back to Unbreakable. That that trailer where it's just he's in the doctor's office. You've survived a train mm. wreck. Yeah. And you're the only one who did. Come see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. When they did uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they just had uh, the Earth, yeah. and the Earth blows up, and they freeze frame, and they say, don't panic. And that's all there is. And I'm like, <laughs> right. perfect. I'm in. We can explain this. <laughs> yeah. So was Get Out scary? Scary scary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. suspenseful. No, okay. you didn't think so? I thought it was very I jumped many right? times. No. I'm a horror movie like fanatic, yeah. so it's, it's hard to scare me now. Um, no, I didn't find it scary at all. Hmm. What's your What's your scariest movie? You think? What's your uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That's a pretty scary movie. Uh, <laughs> is the scariest movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, Juwan is really high up on my list as oh. well. Uh, the te- Grudge. Te- no, Juwan. It's just called Juwan. 
the the Japanese version is just called Juan. Oh, okay. What does that translate to? Movie geek. I don't know. Yeah. The grudge. The grudge. What else did we see? Adam? Uh, what did I see? See, uh, it would be at the New Beverly, and I don't want to say this around uh, Julia. I feel really <laughs> bad. It's okay. Support the New Beverly. It's totally fine. I did see a Roy Rogers double feature. Well, the, th- the big thing they were showing this month was the uh, double feature of the One-Armed Swordsman and Return of the One-Armed Swordsman. Uh, <laughs> Cheng Che, I think, is the either the actor or director. And uh, it's what's kind of funny is because it was February and that they, they did they showed True Romance at midnight on uh, Friday nights because once a m- uh, every month they change over it's a different Quentin Tarantino movie is now shown as the midnight movies that's probably not nearly as creative as the midnight movies were when you worked there but <laughs> but uh, but um, but I in True Romance I think anybody that saw that when he goes to the triple feature of uh, Sonny Chiba and everybody's like uh, would be like why doesn't a movie like that exist when I was watching the one-armed swordsman I was like I am now living in the in true romance in the way where I'm jealous of myself that this should ex- like oh they should make a movie where or make a theater where I can go see this but they do and I'm in it so yeah anyways, and yeah, they made a movie about that theater so it all just comes and they made a movie about that theater yes exactly all so comes full a circle. mirror looking in a mirror looking a mirror doing karate <laughs> Bart, it, Bart, anything on TBS? Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange Love. I saw Doctor Strange Love on the TBS. Other day. Uh, well, one of those TBS yeah. adjacent well, sure, yeah, cable yeah. stations. Yeah, access. Um, forgot what a what a hilarious <laughs> subversive movie that was. Um, Peter Sellers is just oh, hilarious in that. Incredible. That's in my top ten of all time. I can't tell if he's wearing a hairpiece or a bald piece. Who? Oh, oh, when he's uh, when he's the Manzik? president. When he's the president, he's he's. Bald. Yeah, I can't tell if that's the prosthetic or when he's, he's wearing a bald piece. A bald piece. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. my guess. Because it yeah. looked like a really good hairpiece if it was. Because I want to figure out where he got that. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. You want someone you want, with uh, mandrake hair? Yeah, I'm like a Manchichi right now. Get your like uh, Billy Zane little toupee thing going yeah, on. Yeah, get uh, your Billy Zane. Ooh, we Billy talk Zane. about this all the time, Julie. We talk about how I think it should be socially acceptable for men to have just casual hair. Just mm-hmm. show up with hair. I'm not trying to fool you. I'm not. Pretending I'm not something I'm not. Mm. I just need hair tonight because I'm going to a formal event. Nobody says you can't, man. Well, I'm Do trying it. to work that into society. Shoulder pads for your head. Yeah, people, you people wear a suit yeah. with a little shoulder pad. Nobody cares. They go, I no. know you're not that broad. It's shoulder. a lift <laughs> it's for a your lift. head. Yeah. A I, read, uh, I read Empire, the greatest movie magazine in the world. The really? only really yeah. great one left. What, is Premiere gone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they have a segment in there, Ask Billy Zane. And they have to put parentheses, this is not a joke. So you'll send stuff and Billy Zane will respond. I'm so jealous. And it's a full on, it's not a, you know, he just answers your questions about That's love hilarious. and life and I lost my dog and all this stuff and he'll just answer your questions and heartfelt, he'll help you. Like what would Brian Bortano do? Yeah. And there's, nice. a, there's a drawing of him sitting there in a, in a chair looking all kind. <laughs> he, <laughs> it's great. He came to the New Beverly Did and he? I tried really hard to get him to do his Billy Zane week. I was into it. Oh. And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll email you. And then no, nothing. Oh. So you missed your chance, Billy Zane. Oh, man. We could have seen Phantom again or Dead Calm. <laughs> Dead yeah. Calm's great. Dead I'm Calm's fantastic. All right, well, let's uh, wrap up the show the best way we know Slam how. evil. Karen's look at the birthdays of the people who make <laughs> the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. It is time for my birthdays. And we have a very special birthday because this birthday 
takes place on February 29th. What? Which there is no such thing. That's right. So we're gonna if we're, we have a yeep. What is it? A leap year baby? Yeah. Mr. Ken Foray. Hey, I used to be his assistant. Oh, well, there you go. What? Happy Ken birthday, Foray? Ken. Yeah. That's so awesome. Then you're gonna know all these fun facts. But I found for only out three about years, him. so she never had to buy him a birthday card. Uh, <laughs> well, I will have you know he turns so 69 cool. today. Yeah, 69, dude. Yes, but he can play anywhere from large to likable. We know him from Dawn of the Dead, Knight Riders, from Beyond, The Devil's Rejects, remake of the Halloween of Halloween by Rob Zombie, and of course Keenan and Kel. Everybody knows him from That's that. True, yeah. <laughs> Keenan and Kel? Yeah, apparently he was reoccurring at General Hospital. Who knew? He took me to the gym once. I worked out with him. That really? Was kind of that with Ken Foray? is awesome. We went roller skating once, too. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. He just seems like the greatest guy. Do you ever just sit there and go, weightlifting with Ken Foray? Like, I know, right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> he just finished filming something that's coming out next year called Midnight Man. He has a lead in that. The director, I don't never heard of this person, Ator Uriberry? Oh. Uh, nope. nope. Probably just came off a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's his superpower? <laughs> You're oh, a that berry. Guy? Turns you into a berry. He does. The go, the go around. That's his superpower. Go around. Hey, <laughs> I nice. brought that back. Good girl. You brought that back brought that, and that's nice. your power. <laughs> All right. Well, then you guys will probably know this. Go around. That's what this there was a line that Ken said both as a televangelist in Dawn of the Dead and as Peter in Dawn mm. of the Dead, both in the 2004 remake and the original 1978. Does anybody know mm. the line that he said in both? Don't. Pretty I remember. I, it's a pretty iconic line. Yeah, I oh, don't pick it, it'll bleed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Ken showing up close, in that. Close, close. They're coming for you, Barbara. Oh, oh, I know what it is. Close? What? I, it's it's uh, when the something is uh, yes, the dead yes, will walk. Oh, that's yes. right. Uh, when, when hell is full, the dead will walk. Yeah, yeah very yeah. close. When there is no more room in, in hell, hell, the dead will walk. Yeah. That's right. He says it on a TV. Nice. Being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. In that's pretty one. cool, though. I mean, think about it. Yeah, because it's weird for nobody to say that now. now Keith Oberman says it every night now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he says on IMDb he enjoys people, especially people who like him. Conventions and film festivals are where the fans congregate, and I can't speak for other celebrities, but for me, nothing is better than watching movies and talking to the folks who love them. Call me crazy. What a great guy. When there's no more room in hell, the fans will congregate. <laughs> the fans will congregate. <laughs> Tell me they like me. Did you ever go to his restaurant? Is that still a thing? Uh, there was uh, no restaurant. Long Beach? No. But he had a Long Beach called D-Light. A Long D-Light Beach or D-Light something. Or something. Deli Light. Deli Light. Can I tell you a crazy story, though? Yes, Please. tell us. Went to Comic-Con with Ken Foray um, the year that Shaun of the Dead was going to come out. Hadn't come out yet. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg came up to Ken Foray and was like, we made this movie. It's all about zombies. Oh, wow. You Foray, Foray Electrics, like the whole thing. And like they wanted to get a picture with him. And there's like super, super fanboy picture of the three of them. Oh. Then I saw the trailer for Shaun of the Dead. I was like... It's those guys. I took the picture of oh, those guys. Cool. And then, I love those guys. And you awesome. had the director that worked with those guys on your movie. Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. So there you go. Nice. And Edgar so Wright cool. seemed really cool in your movie. And he's cute. Oh, super cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. On that note, <laughs> let's wish a very happy birthday to another cutie, Michael Bolton. All right. Uh, or not. Hey. <laughs> More he handsome. Turns, <laughs> he turns 64 but can play anywhere from singing a low G. To a four octave range, everybody. Bart, do you have a four octave range? No. <laughs> How many octaves does Kenny have? Just the G? Just the, the G. Okay. G to middle G. He was seen in, believe it or not, Michael Bolton has some acting credits. He was seen in Snow Dogs. I was about to oh. question this <laughs> birthday. <laughs> I was very suspicious ah. of this birthday. Bart, have they he not shown <laughs> Snow Dogs in TNT? <laughs> I did just throw out the VHS <laughs> of Snow Dogs. Oh. Did you? Oh. Snow Dogs? That's okay. Feel good? I don't feel it was bad given about to that. Me. Yeah. <laughs> he was also in Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping, which, by the way, is a fantastic movie. That movie is hilarious. So funny. Beginning to end. So funny. Snubbed. 
And uh, I'm currently watching The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, and I heard his uncredited Say I Loved You, But I Lied. Because, oh. you know, he's in a ton of soundtracks, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah. You like movies with murders and, and murderers. That's, yeah. uh, you might like this one. Yeah. Murders, you know. <laughs> murders and murderers. The O.J. Story. Except yeah. for The Shack. Like Except for The Shack. I'm not going to watch that. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, Unless he, he plays Kazam, I'm not watching. <laughs> Unless he did it. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh. Oh. If Shaq oh. did it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that Shaq. would be awesome. Like the exact religious plot of that, oh. and he goes to the cabin and everything, but it just Shaq the whole time? Yeah. It's like, what is this place? <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. I'd be all about it. Uh, so this is just kind of a fun little quote that I got on IMDb. He said, uh, now keep in mind we're talking about Michael Bolton. He loves being around humor. He's always laughing ever since he was a kid. That's just who I am. When you think of him, don't you think about oh. Laugh Riot? Good times, this guy. He says, I've been kicked out of every class. Adam Sandberg and I were talking about it. Neither one of us had our bar mitzvahs because we couldn't take Hebrew school seriously. He's just a cut up, this guy. I just learned something. Did you? Mm-hmm. He was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> and I just learned that he spells laugh, L-A-F-F. Uh, that's laugh riot. What's his superpower? <laughs> that's how laugh riot spells it. <laughs> Well, Bart, you know how two Fs. you know how much I love when celebrities sing. Oddly enough, this is true, Julia. Yes. Something's going to happen to you. It's going to be pretty magical. Oh. Uh, <laughs> now that you've been All on right. the show, people are going to come up to you on the streets of Hollywood, and they're going to say, "Hey, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe." And the first oh. thing you're going to tell them is that yeah, she does look better in 35 millimeter. True, <laughs> very and, true. Uh, secondly, Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I do love that, and I found a very special one. And I know it's going to be Michael Bolton because I was just talking about him, but. When I went through Michael Bolton stuff, I found kind of the greatest Michael Bolton Bolton moment. It's with Adam Sandberg, and it's with those crazy guys. Um, what is it? The Lonely Island. Mm-hmm. It's this great. You got to go watch it. The video when we're done. I think I may have played it before, but I listened to it and got even further in. Are you going to do the further clip? Mm-hmm. Okay, check this out. He comes in to do the hook on their song, and they're rapping and doing their thing, and he sings Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. He just. That's on his mind. It's on his and mind. Because he, off off. he saw the movie on the way there and he goes, I got a great hook for you guys. And this is what he brings him. <laughs> and it's like this video and he's on the boat. He's dressed like Captain Sparrow. Now he goes to Forrest Gump. <laughs> he goes to Forrest Gump. Aaron Brockovich. Oh, so He's dressed up like them. And then Pacino. <laughs> he is a cut up apparently. And uh, these shorts were good and all, but after Popstar, I'm all in on the Lonely Island. Whatever yeah, they want to yeah. do next, yeah. that movie is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, all right, well that wraps so up happy another bo- birthday to Michael, Michael Bolton, Bolton. They, and oh, Ken Farrell. Outlive Aren't Bill you Paxton. Glad you were here for that, Joel? Hey, <laughs> outlive Joel. Outlive I had Bill a I, I was gone for a second there, but I had a Ken Farrell story, so I'm relevant, That's right? That's brilliant. Hey. I love hey. that. Who knew? It usually comes full circle in the movie, guys. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Uh, that we're the movie guys individually. We are. Paramount. Right. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, Facebook.com slash the movie guys, YouTube, iTunes, Instagram, all that nonsense for daily jokes and links. Thanks to Julia Marchesi. Thank you so much. Where do we find you? On all the, I know you have links from your website. So give us your website and all the Julia links. JuliaMarchesi.com. And then I saw on there you can click through to Facebook, Twitter, sure. the whole deal. The yeah. whole social media shenanigans. You Did can watch my reel and laugh at my acting abilities. Oh, I'm on now. Hey. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll did you get that. your name or did you have to change it up for Twitter? Is it at Julia Marchesi? Uh, it's Julia C. Marchesi. Did someone have it? Yeah, Julia. Really? So, so she probably gets a lot of movie-related twi- tweeters, <laughs> tweeters that she doesn't understand. Yeah. That's right. There's a C, Julia C. Uh, and thanks, as always, to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show each and every week. And of course, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach, Peach, producer of The Last ah, Word. So go yes. see his film. He also was at Sundance with that movie. Uh, next week, Kong Skull Island and just Kong Skull Island. Right. That's all. It's opening up, and we will see you then. Thanks, Julia. Yay!